You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text, as this is a recording, and lines are now closed. In the name of Allah, most gracious, ever merciful, good morning, welcome, assalamu alaikum, and may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon you on 29th of September 2022 with myself, Kayub, and brother Asim. Good morning, brother Asim, how are you this morning? Good morning, assalamu alaikum, I'm good, and you? It's a chilly morning, man. Very chilly, yeah. It's, yeah. it's changed, It's but then it's British weather. <laughs> Um, it is very cold out this morning. What's the what's the weather saying this morning? Yeah, uh, weather is uh, as we can expect it uh, today. Cloud and outbreaks of rain across central and s- southwestern areas clearing away to the south through the morning. Else another day of sunny spells, but again scattered showers developing. And tonight sh- uh, showers soon fading, then turning chilly across England and Wales with patchy fog developing, becoming wet and windy in the far north later, with severe gales in the far northwest. And for Friday, dry and bright across central and southern part at first, but wet and windy sweeping east through the day, sunny intervals and showers falling into north and west later. As usual, (coughs) we are here with the... some interesting topics uh, for the morning. What's uh, what's the what what kind of topics are we going to be talking about uh, after seven thirty in about fifteen twenty minutes or so? Yeah, so we got two topics. Uh, first topic is the UK's new kings praises Islam, and the second topic is the power of prayer. Awesome topics, especially second one, mm-hmm. power of prayer. Yeah, I think I don't think there could be more apt time. <laughs> to talk about something like that with the times that absolutely, we are going through. Absolutely. Um, let's see, before we get on to all of that, let's see what's, uh, what the newspapers are saying this morning. Um, <clears throat> most of the headlines are around the e- economic turmoil that uh, United Kingdom is facing. Um, <clears throat> people will tell you it's an international crisis, but it's not. Um, uh, a lot of people are having challenges around the world, but um, as the newspapers will say, that uh, we are going through a self-inflicted crisis, something that we have put brought, brought upon ourselves. So the mirror start. <coughs> the most of the headlines on uh, on uh, uh, most of the headlines are saying crisis forces bank bailout and cuts to follow. So this is uh, about what the decision that was made by the Treasury, uh, or about uh, the Chancellor in the mini budget last week. And it led to um, financial mayhem in in the city. City did not like what the chancellor did. The pound fell to the lowest ever in decades. Um, even now, I think it's a dollar nine, but it fell to a dollar three to a pound. Um, that confidence that uh, um, the prime minister and uh, the chancellor had expected to 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 get. Uh, from the city just did not happen. In fact, it kind of backfired. Um, and the mirror kind of um, alludes to that by saying blunder trust, uh, clueless PM and Chancellor tax cuts force bank bosses into 65 billion bailout. This bailout um, was, uh, was, was, um, uh, this bailout was done by the Bank of England. Bank of England are, the, mm-hmm. are the, basically the bank who regulate everyone. And they are the one. They are somewhat independent, um, and uh, the problem is that uh, the government and the Bank of England are not on the same page at the moment. They seem to be 
um, they're they're they playing um, the 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 cooperation game, um, it, it, but it's all superficial. Um, in reality, what the government wants and what the Bank of England wants are two different things. And what's happened is um, yesterday the situation has got so worse that. Um, that the Bank of England had to jump in to bail the country out by um, by injecting sixty five billion pound um, into into uh, to to save sixty five billion uh, to to save the country's uh, economics or the the country's economy and and it ba- the mind it baffles the mind because this is something that you would think countries like Sri Lanka countries like Pakistan India countries like um, you know, third world economies um, suffer these kind of things. Hmm. Yet, hmm. in the fifth largest economy in the world, Bank of England is having to unleash sixty-five billion pound to avert crisis in the debt markets. Obviously, this this injection was made to save the pensions, because um, billions of pounds were wiped off the value of pensions, and pensions are important because yeah, of course. people, of course, when they want to retire. Hmm. They, it's, it's, it gives them a, you know, that sense of security, financial security, and, uh, and they want to be able to sustain a certain quality of life. Absolutely, but if the value yeah. of their pension drops, um, of course, it will. It, it, it's worrying. Um, what other thing is happening for people is that uh, banks have withdrawn thousands of fixed rate mortgages from the market. What that means is, let's say I say you want to get a mortgage and you want to kind of budget yourself in the next five years. The bank mm-hmm. will say, okay, we will charge you 2%. Mm-hmm. And that will be fixed for the next five years. Okay. So at least you have that peace of mind, whether the market goes up, down, it doesn't matter because you're fixed into this mortgage. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and you can kind of say, okay, I know what I need to spend for the next five years. And it's a good buffer. Most people tend to like to do the, these these fixed rates because then it gives them peace of mind. Yeah. It, it 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 they know that market conditions won't affect uh, their monthly payments. Most of them have been withdrawn, so m- most people who are buying at the moment are in a position where they can only buy variable rate. Um, mortgages, they can only get mortgages which are on a variable rate or, or a tracker but whatever product there is it's connected to the existing rate because the rate is going to be going up because interest rates are uh, predicted to go up to maybe 5, even 6% and at the moment we're on 2% mm-hmm. now I remember, I mean we've discussed this before, I remember when it was 7, 8 I remember a time when it had reached 15% really? yeah yeah and 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 what the problem with that is that a lot of people who have bought properties who are who were used to paying 300 400 500 even 600 pound a month and now yeah. I'm going to have to be paying 1400 1500 16 pound a month where at the That's moment a third of their income is going towards a mortgage mm-hmm. is we're getting to a situation where people are going to have to pay majority of their income to sustain and to save their home mm. and most pro- people would have lost their property as well that's and that's the fear yeah. where this country hasn't seen negative equity for decades negative equity is when the value of your loan is greater than the value of the property mm. <laughs> so basically it's like saying we've got this computer screen 
it's it's uh, I've got a loan on it for say a hundred pound. Yeah. But for for whatever reason, I want to sell it to pay off my mortgage or to pay off my loan on it. But the market value of this is seventy pound. Mm. So I can sell it for seventy, but I will still owe thirty to the bank. Mm. So my my borrowing is greater than my what what I owe. So <clears throat> that is the that is the um, that is the 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 downside of uh, of of what is happening in this yeah. market at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, the Telegraph talks about pension funds crisis forces sixty five billion bank out by bailout by bank. The Guardian also talks about bank sixty five billion scramble to avert financial crisis. Daily Express is talking about bank sixty five billion to protect pensions in a day of turmoil. Um, emergency plan help emergency help from bank saves pensions with public sector cuts to follow and that's where and this is the next uh, this is the this is the next uh, um um problem with the um with with what the government is going to do there's only two things they can do they can always they can go out and say we're going to take the cuts back we're going to do a u turn and we're not going to make these cuts mm. to to um to, to to gain some confidence in the city or they're going to make some more cuts in the public sector. What does that mean? That means they're not going to be spending more. They're going, they're, they're going to cut the budget to the NHS, to the education, to the civil service, to the, to the youth services. Um, all, the, all the money that government gives to these departments, they're going to cut them. And they've already been cut over the past 12, 15 odd years. Yeah, yeah. So they're going to be cut even more. Mm-hmm. And what that means is... Social services, uh, the elderly care, um, children with uh, disabilities, um, your youth, local youth centre, um, all of them are are going to be affected um, because there's not going to be any money to assist them. So <clears throat> most people are hoping that uh, these public sector cuts won't happen, that, that uh, the government kind of admits to its, um, to its mistake and takes back these cuts, and the one, and you know, this this hardly happens, though. Exactly, hundred percent correct, and that's the that's the that's the problem with with, you know, governance in, in today's day and age, mm. um, in the world that we're living, that uh, there is uh, th- there is an absolute absence of, uh, um, of accepting that you've made a mistake and you want to go and correct it. I exactly, think people will yeah. give you more respect for that. Mm. Good morning, Shahil. Assalamu alaikum. Peace be on you, brother. Thank you for joining us this morning. It's so kind of you. <laughs> <laughs> Peace and blessings of love with you as well. Um, you're welcome. I got a bit like confused today. Uh, uh, today? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> today. Today. Um, I couldn't find the way uh, to yes. the studio. I was like, we pretty much worried as well. And uh, because construction is going on, and uh, as you know, because of Allah, the complex is very big. Of um, battle of two mosques uh, that's why it's the biggest mosque of uh, Britain as well and uh, I was, I'm try- was trying to find a way to the studio but everyone everything was closed because of the construction and uh, Alhamdulillah my friend Asim Hashmi he guided me through WhatsApp uh, told me what to do but I was like a little confused uh, in the morning already and uh, it took me like I don't know, f- ten minutes or more than ten minutes to find a yeah. way to the studio. Well, at the end, when there's a will, there's a way, right? Yeah, of course. 
That's the news of the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Brother Shahil was confused this morning. Should be, should be. Uh, couldn't uh, find his way in. Should be an Al Hakam or review of religion. Yes. <laughs> what's your take on what's happening in this? Oh, firstly, I mean, you as you've come in, the, it's it's just a chill out there. It's cold, no? Yeah, it is. It's cold. Yeah, it is. Any advice for our listeners? What they should do? Yeah, um, make sure that uh, you wear coats, jackets when you go outside. And uh, don't, uh, even though it's sunny outside, but it's still very cold, so make sure that uh, you are covered. Don't trust the sun. Don't trust the sun. Yeah, don't, don't trust the sun. That I'm from Liverpool. That's the, that's the weather, not the paper. <laughs> Just to clarify. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are talking about what's the, what the newspapers are talking about. And, and you know, as you've, uh, as you've heard, every single thing, every single newspaper is talking about one and the only thing because people are not understanding. And, and how people are understanding... Um, that what what uh, what dire situation we're in because we're we're, we're in a we're we're living in times where you're you're if you're renting your rent is going up if you're if you're paying a mortgage your mortgage payments are going to be going up you use gas electric water those are going to be not not going double not tripling they're going they're, they're predicted to quadruple even with the cap if you want to go and see a doctor, it's going to take you weeks to get an appointment. If you are needing a solicitor for any reason, it's going to take a long time for you, or, or, or need a barrister, it's going to take a long time for you to be able to go and see a barrister. No matter if you, if you need your child to go into school, there, there's going to be a waiting, um, waiting list for you to be able to go get your child into a certain school, especially where you know where the education standards are higher. No matter which sector you look at at the moment, everything that is uh, is is coming towards us is is no less than a hurricane. Um, and the reason, and again, this is a personal reason. One of the reasons why all of this thing is happening and. And and it's something I I heard yesterday that it resonated. Uh, somebody who is earning good money, um, in is earning very good money, in fact, and wasn't complaining that he, he was going to suffer. He said, "I am able to sustain um, the the these these predicaments, these challenges, but I'm going to be able to sustain them to a point where I will have nothing left." He says, "It's all well and good." To be angry at the government when government makes these decisions that affects your everyday life. And he says, for the first time in my life, I am scared. I have a fear of I don't know what's going to happen to me. And, and I, earn, I, I earn so much money that I am able to look after myself, yet I am worried about tomorrow. And if this person, I mean, I won't take his name. He's he's a friend. He's a friend of mine, and he has very good money. We're talking triple figures, around a hundred thousand a year, easily. Oh, really? Yet he said, "I am I am angry at the government." I was angry at the government, but he goes, "Now I am scared of the government." There is a fear that we are going down the road where it's he he feels that if if he at his age in his fifties is going to struggle earning 100,000 and being and living in a system where he thinks that if he's struggling what's going to happen to the people who is on an average wage of 30,000 because that's the av annual 
that's the UK average wages. I think early to mid three, mid mid thirties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said to him, I said, look, I I agree with you, but there is this absence of having when when you fear. When you put yourself in a situation, and it took me back to the pandemic time, when people had nowhere else to turn, they turned to God Almighty. And and that's what's missing in this equation. A lot of people, it is anger at the government, it is it is a lot of turmoil. But what people this is this is the time. They need to, people need to turn to God to and, and 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 don't get me wrong, I'm not saying, oh, suddenly it's going to be fixed. It's, you know, suddenly your mortgage is going to become less or your rent is going to become... No, but what God does is God God, God will assist you in contentment, fulfillment, and, and you will gain that peace of mind. And yes, opportunities might open for you. What's your take on that, Brother Asim? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, God can make the process an ease for you, you know? That's it. What a, what, a, what a wonderful thing. It is. Islam is there to make life easy for exactly, you. Exactly, yeah. Oh, I agree with awesome. Um I agree with you as well, or, or with the friend, because uh, yesterday I also had to chat with someone who's very close to me. He's working in the airport. It's not like he's not earning so much as the as your friend, and he is also pretty much worried now, and uh, he's scared of the future. But as you said, and I agree with awesome, that it is the only way we have is God. It would take a bit time. Uh, we need patience as well. God has said. Ask me for help with prayers and patience. So this is, these are the keys. Um, I'm pretty sure uh, if someone has a close relationship with God, he won't have any fear, he won't have any worry because he knows that Allah will provide everything for him. Allah is the provider and that's, that's the only thing we have, just the only trust we have right now. And of course we can pray for the government to make decisions which are very helpful for us in, uh, in the future as well. Not only for us but for everyone. Because it's not only Britain who's suffering, there are more countries who's suffering as well. But it's very strange that to say that in Europe we have these things. You would never imagine that, or you would never imagine that we will have like this living crisis here in the Europe, in Britain. That I don't, I believe ten years before that, no one would even imagine that. And now it's happening, and it's something new for us. I think the best thing is to go through that is. To have close relationship with Allah. Um, I remember when I went to Africa, Africa, I've seen these people who are very less than us, but still they're happy. And uh, the, the reason is that because they have someone they can trust, someone who can provide them everything that they need. And uh, that someone that being is God. So guys, I agree with you. Um, we can, we, the only thing we, we can just pray for good, for the future. Before we go off to a break, uh, I know you guys like talking about football. What's happening? Anything? Is well, that, football is that good, is it? <laughs> wow. Well, Formula One. Formula One? Yeah, it's finished. Like, uh, is it not are decided? Into, are you into Formula One? Yeah, um, I do like watch the results. Not the well, th- this year it's kind of because Verstappen's already won. Yeah, he won it already. Yeah. So because he's already won it, it is what? I was thinking that Hamilton will do something. It's turned out that he will come back, have a comeback as he used to have in the past. Well, I was surprised. I mean, well, it's not. It's not Hamilton's fault. That's no, it's obviously that's it's not his fault. Mercedes, Mercedes. The I mean, car is not good. <coughs> it wasn't good this time. I mean, he's a good driver, but there's only so much uh, you know a driver can do when he's when when all of his competitors have got superior vehicles. Um, I mean, I'm disappointed in Ferrari because I was actually hoping 
Um, Leclerc would do... Um, well, I think Leclerc did do well. He did drive the car, but Ferrari kind of... Uh, with all the hype that the whole last year season that they were preparing this vehicle, this car for this year, for this season... And uh, I think, again, um, the manufacturers have let down drivers. But no. hats off to Verstappen. Verstappen is good. He's an absolute crazy driver. This is, uh, I mean, last year he won it, but this time he's, like, amazing. But I'm, I'm also very disappointed to Mercedes. I thought Hamilton would do something. Somehow he will have a comeback. Obviously, the car wasn't fine, but, you know, it's not only the car, the driver. He's a good driver, no doubt on that. But I thought he will do something. He will, like, have a turnout and uh, he, he will overtake first up as well but okay let's see what happens next season um, football we had very interesting matches as well yeah we had some international matches um, no Premier League for quite a long time which has been really really sad for me oh. especially uh, we're having what? the UFN Nations League with Germany against England that's that's what everyone is talking about. I got so many messages from my friends around either from Brit Britain. That was a match to watch. That was a match. It was 3 3. Uh, we had uh, a lot of Chelsea players scoring. <laughs> That's the most interesting thing for me. Getting, a, getting away from football. I mean, you guys are clearly, uh, you know. We're going to talk about England. And yeah, and Pakistan sorry. beat England to take the three, uh, take. Uh, <coughs> take a lead 3-2 in the T20 series um, where <coughs> Pakistan uh, they beat England with a six-run victory in a low-scoring match in Pakistan um, Have I'm you guys been watching these matches? I haven't, no uh, um, it, It's um, good you haven't Why? Because in every match you're nearly about to have a heart attack you mean the excitement of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's like a last ball. Last ball. Win. Well, besides the cricket playing, I'm happy that Pakistan is able to actually host. Oh yes, absolutely. You know, yeah, I think yeah. it was 2009, mm. the last time. Um, so so it's a it's an encouraging sign that um, you know cricket may be making a a, a comeback. Um, I believe recently they had their um, World Cup or Asia Cup or Europe Cup. Something. That was in Dubai. Yeah, like. Uh, Pakistan played very well in that as well. Yeah, but they lost in the final. Oh. So all hats to Sri Lanka. <laughs> <laughs> hats off to Sri Lanka because because you know they 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 were the underdogs and they came and uh, and they beat Pakistan in uh, in and you know just on a brief note um you know there were there were these riots in Leicester between India and mm. Indians and Pakistanis because of this cricket game. And and it, I kind of found it amusing in a sense that both of these countries are fighting each other, or the or the spectators of these countries are fighting each other over supposedly excuse of a cricket game. Well, both of you guys lost. Exactly. Yeah. yeah the Sri Lanka yeah. won. So <laughs> so what are you fighting over? <laughs> but on that note, you know, it's something that we maybe will come back to later on uh, in in at another time. You're listening to the breakfast show Thursday morning breakfast show with myself, Kayum, brother Shahil, and brother Asim. When we go and take a quick break, when we come back, we're going to go to our first topic of the morning, which is King Charles III, how the new king became the most pro-Islamic monarch in British history. Um, this is an article which uh, appeared in the Middle East Eye, and we're going to see if we can discuss and and see, um, you know, discuss between ourselves and, and maybe listen to some uh, interviews that we did uh, uh, and to see... What exactly um, is the Middle East I talking about? So do stay tuned, grab yourself a cup of coffee, and, uh, and we'll be right back after some brief messages. The Holy Prophet foretold of a prophet 
one which would be the second coming of Jesus Christ, a Mahdi, a reformer, who would revive Islam and lead it forward into a new era of success. The Holy Prophet requested his companions to convey his salam to this reformer of the new age. He said, when you hear the advent of the Mahdi, then enter into his fold, even if you have to walk on snow by crawling and creeping to reach him. The role and sole purpose of this subordinate prophet was made clear. He would revive Islam, unite all its sects, and establish a caliphate which would strengthen Islam and lead it forward into a new age. I give you the glad tidings of Mahdi, who will be raised in my ummah at a time of digression and distress of people. He will fill the earth with equity and justice as it is filled with oppression and violence. But how could this promised man recognize that he was the one? It could only be through a revelation from God and this revelation was received by the noble and humble Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad in 1891 in the small town of Qadian to the east of Damascus. It is now the duty of every Muslim to come forward and accomplish the appeal of the Holy Prophet to join in to the fold of this Prophet, Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad the Reformer, the Mahdi, the Promised Messiah. I call to witness God Almighty who holds my life in His hand that compared to every other soul, He has gifted me with overwhelmingly greater ability and access to the understanding and the deeper wisdom of the Holy Quran. If any of the Maulvis who oppose me in response to my repeated invitations had attempted to outshine me in the exposition of the Holy Quran, God would have most certainly frustrated his attempts and exposed his ignorance. Hence, the understanding of the Quran which has been granted me is a sign of Allah, the Glorious, and I have full trust in Allah's grace that soon the world will begin to see that I am true in this claim. Persecuted for your beliefs, jailed for your faith, and exiled from your homeland, but you refuse to turn to bitterness or vengeance. Instead, His Holiness has emerged as a leader of wisdom and compassion, a champion of nonviolence among nations. No society can truly succeed unless it guarantees the rights of all of its peoples, including religious minorities. Whether they're Ahmadiyya, Muslims in Pakistan, or Baha'i in Iran, or Coptic Christians in Egypt. I would like very much to confirm my support for the work that His Holiness and the Ahmadi Muslim community are doing, particularly in London. Even I didn't know when I was elected, then my name even will be proposed. The election is the same as the Pope is elected, but without smoke. I know you are a regular uh, visitor and speaker to parliaments and assemblies around the world, whether it's the US Congress or the, or the European Parliament. Let it be clear that I am not speaking in support or favor of any particular individual country. What I wish to say is that all forms of cruelty, wherever they exist, must be eradicated and stopped, regardless of whether they are perpetrated by the people of Palestine, the people of Israel, or the people of any other country. In this we are allied with His Holiness, a courageous champion of religious freedom 
and of peace. I'm very glad that the movement like yours will do something to correct this image. Islam means peace. I should thank Your Holiness for your highly enlightened sermon. Not only uh, for the Ahmadis, but I would say for all mankind. Love for all and hatred for none. And this message not only for Muslims, but for everybody. You are a man, though of humble beginnings, your leadership has made you a figure of global prominence. And you have become a guide for millions of Muslims worldwide. A new station, the voice of Islam, with live discussions, religion and culture. Understand the true teachings of Islam with the voice of Islam. Welcome back to Thursday Morning Breakfast Show with Masaf Kayyum. And joining me is Brother Shahil and Brother Asim. Brother Asim, what's the gist of the story? What is our uh, new king um, um, what, what is uh, what, what is our, our new king doing? What's he up to? Or according to the Middle East Eye? So um, now King Charles have has been you know prominent in media due to positive as well as negative aspects. He has often shares his views uh, on politics, climate change, and religion. But about Islam, he has said that uh, the prince you know said that Islam is part of our past and our present in all fields and human endeavors. It has helped to create modern Europe. It is part of our own inheritance, not a thing apart. Additional positive comments uh, from Charles has been made about Islam uh, are about Ramadan. Uh, Charles said that everyone um, could learn from the spirit of Ramadan. Now, uh, do bear in mind, these are comments that uh, uh, King Charles III made his Royal Highness King Charles III made before um, his his uh, uh, his reign started, and this is when he was uh, Prince Charles, Prince of Wales, and and uh, as you so rightly said, um, um, King Charles was a very vocal on certain things, and what a lot of people don't realise, um, and it's something I found out myself. Um, I don't know if you gentlemen realised back in 2013. Um, King Charles was so fascinated by learning from the Holy Quran that he spent six months learning Arabic. Oh, I've to, heard about that. To, yeah. to, and then he wanted to read the Holy Quran, and um, and that's why when he, you know, in, instead of um, kind of listening to or, or getting guidance from from people, hmm. he went to the source. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, from our perspective, from a Muslim perspective, no better way. Hmm. Then for for someone to learn about Islam, than to read the Holy Book itself, something that we use as as uh, as as a as a as a guide to our lives. It's, that's it's, what most people don't really do, you know. Which, which uh, thank you. That's the thing. Mm. Most people don't do. Yeah. Because most people say, well, I went to so and so priest or so and so mm. sage or so saint or such an imam. Yeah, yeah. Not realizing, well, one of the beauties of Islam is. Well, tell us. You tell us. You got both. You gentlemen are young imams. I mean, is it not true that I don't need to go via anyone to speak to God? I can. I can create a link directly with God Almighty. That's true. That's and that's the spirit. You know, King Charles. He he studied Islam and with only to know, know more about Islam. You know, there are people who just mm. read the Quran only to make more allegations against Islam. But he he was is one of them 
who goes and just want to know about Islam because he knew that he's living around Muslims and he wants to know, learn more about Muslims. He'll know about history of Islam, what great part Islam played in Europe or for the whole world. And that, uh, I believe, as I said, this is the spirit you need to have. Um, if you, he is, he's a leader. As a leader, you, your job is to secure security for everyone. And to do that, you need to know everyone as well. And this is what he's doing. You know, this is this is what we call justice, because you have sympathy for everyone, and that's that's a great, remarkable example of King Charles III. Now, in his in his um, again back in 1993, King Charles um, at that time he was Prince Charles. Um, gave a speech at the Oxford Centre for Islamic Studies, and and, and he's the patron for um, this this um, this circle at uh, Islamic. Uh, um, I think it's a faculty or mm-hmm. or a department, and he's the he's the he's the I think he's the patron for it, and and in his speech, which was entitled Islam and the West, he noted, and he pointed out that something we have been doing forever. But it's so nice to hear that this is this is you know uh, uh, th- that the king yeah. back in in, mm. in you don't in usually hear twenty years ago people, or yeah. thirty nearly you know nearly th- what uh, thirty twenty f- uh, thirty years ago said mm. that women are granted the right to property and inheritance in Islam fourteen hundred years ago, and he paid a tribute to the remarkable tolerance of medieval Islam, and lamented Western ignorance and the debt um, our own culture and civilization owed. To the Islamic world, this is what he meant when he said that Islam is part of our past and our present. Mm. Undeterred by the disproving gaze of the British media, when he made this, the, the media went mad. That hold on, um, you, you're the Prince of Wales, you're the future king at that time, and you are praising Islam. And uh, and and the, the 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 British media said Charles used his position as um, as Prince of Wales. To further his ideas in in a practical sense, in 1993, this is what I was talking about earlier. The Prince's Foundation began to house the Visual Islamic and Traditional Arts program. Student produced um, 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 Mughal miniatures, Ottoman ties, and Arabic calligraphy, and the program became the Prince's Foundation School of Traditional Arts in 2004. Um, <clears throat> the King's love for Islamic art is on display in his personal life. Um, the carpet garden inspired by Islamic gardens at his uh, Gloucestershire home, Highgrove. Um, at that time, Prince Charles said, I planted fig, pomegranate and olive trees in the garden because of their mention in the Holy Quran. That is amazing. Amazing, no? Mm. Amazing. Um, let me read that to you again. That our king, our king, <laughs> yeah. when he was prince, he was inspired by... Um, Islamic gardens, and in in, in his at his Highgrove um, residence, he planted fig, pomegranate, and olive trees in the garden, in his garden because he was inspired and by by the the mention of of these um, these plants in the in the in the Holy Quran. Yeah, but you know this is what this is. If everyone reads Islam or sorry the Quran only to learn more about he will expo- uh, ex- uh, he will only have love and sympathy for the religion. I mean, look at that example of. King Charles, he, as, he, as you just mentioned, the only thing you know, in people, if they start reading the Quran, if they start understand the teaching of Islam, they will like Islam as well, like the, the king is doing right now. And um, it is good to have these examples because nowadays we live a very intense uh, time, and the only thing we want is to live 
a peaceful life you know in the society we need to we even need to build up the society and we need to come we need to know each other as well but we can't do that if we hate each other and uh, king charles is a good example and uh, that's why I, you know i'm very happy to read that i'm, I'm very happy to know that he has sympathy for islam and the only th- reason is because he's he studied islam he knows what islam I, I, is. i don't like that word i, I don't think it's sympathy i think yeah. it's understanding understanding okay yeah. understanding and and, and and what i like is even when he was um um when he was i think swearing his allegiance or or when he was swearing um, an oath when he was um uh, when he became king yeah i think he the word that he want everybody and again uh, correct me if i'm wrong i'm sure people will call in um and if you do want to call in it's 0208687778 or join us on our social media platforms at voice of islam uk um in his speech he was the, they said he was going to be defender of the faith and he changed that he says i will be defender of faiths hmm. the omission of that one word because he, he and and that the mission of the word the means that he's not just going to be uh, defending the faith that he is a leader of hmm. he's going to be defending all the faiths that are being practiced in his kingdom which is uh, islam hinduism buddhism taoism even atheism what he's saying is irrespective of what faith you come from the he feels as a king is his job to ensure that everyone is given equal rights everyone is treated with justice and 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 and, and you know just because we're reading this and we're saying all these things that the kings or prince charles did now king charles the third that they shouldn't be there shouldn't be a need for the media to go mad but that's normal isn't it no like, but it's not normal but this is why this is why voice of islam is here that oh, no, no unfortunately western media it is quite normal you, if if you see any celebrity speaking up for islam media will stand up against them people will stand up against them and media is playing a big role because people are get mad about that if media start covering the true and right teachings of islam everything will change king charles is doing it he's showing the true meaning of islam to the people and this is why we need more people like him but the media needs to play a role as well to make understand why he's doing it i agree with you but what i'm saying is that if media is is not covering it which is why we're covering it and when media did cover it they did not cover the positive aspects of it they covered they they kind of spread fear that the king is going to become a muslim the king is going to do this the king simply because he's praising the religion and mm. so i'm saying the media is uh, playing a big role in that it it is but but my point is that is as much as the the media is is has got a, a huge role to play one of the reasons why voice of islam was set up is there to to challenge misconceptions that mainstream media keeps throwing um out there to the popular people uh, to to you know to um to the indigenous population and and we are here to kind of challenge those narratives and say look hold on um the beauty of islam is that if you can't protect and 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 respect other religions then you cannot practice islam mm. um in, in the correct manner because um the holy prophet may peace and blessings of allah be upon him at the at the at the final sermon at the mount referred to all the religions that came before he talked about when he talked about the completing the religion that i am completing your religion for you meaning that all the religions that came before um he didn't he didn't reject any of them 
Mm. He he said, well, they were before, and the, the respect and and whatever teachings that were taught in all the other religions um, and falls within the teachings of Islam, they they they're going to stay. As you know, I I remember um, at the annual gathering, uh, one of our um, um, eminent uh, imams from Ghana, he, he said something. It kind of sat with me forever. He, he was talking about an incident in Ghana. And and he talked about when he was having a discussion with somebody, and um, uh, and and the imam said, "Look, I am a Jew. I am a Christian, and I have to be those if I want to be a Muslim." Mm. Exactly. And that kind of sums up that. I thought that was such a short, brief, mm. but so accurate answer that I need to be all these other religions if I truly want to be. Uh, truly want to be a Muslim, and and the promised Messiah, on whom be peace, talked about how um, he referred to himself in his writings of he is Krishna, he is Buddha. Uh, again, within the Ahmadi Muslim community, we call us we, we 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 have respect and we consider Krishna, Buddha, and 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 Confucius to be prophets of God Almighty, um, because they they have to be prophets because. If you look at the teachings, the authentic teachings of of all of these prophets, they fall. They, a lot of them fall in line with what most other religions treat, which is love, peace, justice, and 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 equity. In, Feel in, free, G gentlemen. Indeed, hello, indeed. No, you're hello, right. Earth calling, Earth calling, <laughs> Asim, Earth calling, Shahil. <laughs> no, you're right with that. I mean, if you if you look into the Holy Quran, you will f find too many. Things which are also mentioned in previous scriptures as well. Islam is one religion has uh, has took out all the teachings and have bring them brought them together into one teachings, one to one religion. And uh, a Muslim, that's why a Muslim has um, will always understand Christian and Jew as well. He will have respect for them as well. And this is not because it's a teaching; it's also because our leader has taught us the same thing. The Holy Prophet he made sure that we would do so. He, he, I mean. It was him who told his companions to protect, you know, the place of worship of other people, and uh, this is how he has put respect in our hearts for the other people as well. Now, in his address, in uh, you, you, Brother Charles, you mentioned uh, that you know Islam, the way it's treated in modern days, and and the King Charles um, addressed uh, to the Church of Scotland's General Assembly in, tw in the year two thousand. He warned that in our age, um, that our age is in danger of ignoring. Or forgetting all knowledge of the sacred and spiritual, it's this concern which underpins his environmentalism. Charles believes that uh, the modern West has become increasingly um, <coughs> acquisitive and exploitative, suggesting that well, we can relearn the true, uh, the trusteeship of trusteeship of a vital, um, sacramental and spiritual character of the word from Islam. Um, you know, he uh, he talked about uh, um, the secularism of France and Belgium, where he disagrees with the ban on women wearing the face veil in public. Um, he says he has no time for anti-Muslim politics, um, which has been gaining ground throughout Europe. Um, if one looks at Italy, you know, mm. Mm. Um, far right winning. Um, Germany is left, but. There is, uh, um, is was it was ADF, right. AFD, AFD. AFD, AFD in Germany, United Kingdom. We see the, that um, Islamophobia is 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 there, but it's denied. Um, 
and uh, it's it's a uh, it's it's a it's a dire situation when when uh, um that uh, a lot of people are are portraying islam in but it's it, as you gentlemen have rightfully said um it's a breath of fresh air when when you see the king of the country uh, and the commonwealth um say such um um positive uh, words about islam but the islamic perspective brother asim um his holiness hazrat mirza masur ahmed um the fifth caliph of the promised messiah may allah strengthen his hand um um he's delivered numbers of addresses where he's talked about tolerance of other religions as well hasn't he yeah absolutely so in one of his address in south virginia usa he he said that um uh, to the audience you know peace and blessings of allah be upon you all before proceeding further i would like to take this opportunity opportunity to sincerely thank all of our guests for having accepted our invitation and joining us at the opening of the mosque it is actually my religion's duty to express my sincere gratitude to you because the founder of islam the holy prophet muhammad peace and blessings of allah be upon him thought that the person who was not grateful to his f- uh, fellow human beings could not be grateful to god almighty the vast majority of people living in this city are non-muslims and the number of empty muslims in this area is very small hence islam's teaching unite unite mankind and foster a spirit of mutual love and respect between all people irrespective of uh, you know racial r- religious or social backgrounds it is a religion that breaks down a barrier and encourages peaceful and tolerant dialogue thus it is inconceivable of a true muslim to you know persecute or oppose other religions or their followers at no place at and at no time has islam ever promoted extremism and encouraged violence in any shape or form uh, once a delegation of christian uh, you know from the arab city of najran came to meet the holy prophet muhammad peace and blessings of allah be upon him in medina after some time the christians became restless and so the holy prophet inquired if something was wrong um in in response the christians informed him that it was time for the worship but they did not have a you know appropriate place to perform their prayers or rituals upon this the prophet of islam peace and blessings of allah be upon him invited the christians to worship in his own mosque in medina according to their traditions and ways through this um, you know munificent and magnanimous gesture the holy prophet muhammad peace and blessings be of allah be upon him set an everlasting examples of tolerance freedom of religion and freedom of worship for all mankind wonderful um we are coming up uh, what a, what a lovely way to 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 finish the hour we are coming up to um um the 8 o'clock news when we come back um we're going to be going and listening to um um interviews we had the opportunity to do with uh, different academics um on this particular subject um you're listening to the breakfast show with myself Kayoum and brother Shahil and brother Asim we are going to go to the 8 a.m. news um so go grab yourself a cup of coffee some toast avocado pearl chili flakes um or if you like you can have uh, you know turkey bacon um bit of halal sausages um bit of beans but uh, you know keep that in mind and uh, stay tuned and join us after the 8 a.m. news
A new station, the voice of Islam, with live discussions, religion and culture. Understand the true teachings of Islam with the voice of Islam. Welcome back to Thursday Morning Breakfast Show. Um, during the break, uh, Brother Asim and Brother Hashmi were picking on the old man. Um, they are young and I am unable to defend myself. Um, we just found out that you are half German. Oh, and, and <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what they're talking about. But uh, before we get into this discussion, we're going to go straight um, and listen to an interview we did with the Professor of the History of Christianity at Durham University. And he is a fellow of the British Academy. We had the opportunity to interview Alec uh, Ryrie. Let's go and listen to what Alec had to say. So uh, I'm delighted to say that we do have online with us our guest of the morning, Alec Ryrie, who is a professor of the history of Christianity at Durham University and a fellow of the British Academy. Good morning. Peace be upon you and welcome to The Breakfast Show, Alec. Good morning. Thank you very much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Uh, just to begin with, can you, uh, you know, um, so King Charles has a good understanding of the a religion of Muslims and Islam as well, and obviously this is a positive thing for British Muslims. How does it, or can it benefit him in his role as a new king? I, my understanding is that he sees his his role as you know, the traditional title he, he inherits of, of defender of the faith, the faith, the faith in that case, of course, meaning the, the Christianity of the Church of England. Um, yeah that he sees that role as at the center of a larger role of protecting um, and promoting the the faith communities in in the UK more widely. Hmm. Um, and for, for a number of generations now, there's been a sense from successive uh, kings and queens that that central role in the Church of England also gives them links to to other faith communities. It began with um, with other Christian churches. The monarch also has a, a deep link to the to the Church of Scotland. So there's already that sort of pluralism built into the to the role. Um, there were links to the Jewish community, which began to be, you know, really to, 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 to take firm shape early in the 20th century. Um, mm. And once they made that jump reaching beyond the, the, the Christian fold, then the next step of saying, of really seeing the monarchy as protecting the, the, all of the different faith communities that have become a part of the life of this country is a is a natural next step. Um, yeah. the, the the late queen was was always very clear that that was part of of her understanding. But as Prince of Wales, um, the, the you know, King Charles, as we now have to get used to calling him, um, mm. was was very clear that he saw that as absolutely central to his role. Yeah. And you know, in this Definitely. famous interview he gave in in 1994, he even mm. expressed the possibility that he would be more interested in seeing himself as defender of faith rather than the defender of, of the faith. So that sense of, 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 of pluralism and recognizing um, the importance of all of the UK's faith traditions you know, really seems to be at the center of, of how he understands his role. Definitely, definitely. And would you say, also say that this is a positive thing for British people as well? Uh, I very much think it is. Um, I mean, it's it's partly recognizing 
you know, just the reality that this is, you know, this is a multi-faith country. Um, but it's not just a, a, a kind of bland, yes, I'm going to be, I'm going to be everything for, for everyone. Um, yeah. There is in there a, an, an assertion that, Although you know there's there's this kind of openness and and you know, assertion of the importance of of all of the the different faith communities, there's a claim there that no these are communities that have something in common with each other and whose place in in British life and in public life um, mm. is is worth defending um, yeah. in in a, a, a secularized world where it's very easy in a, in a lot of modern British life to think that that religion is either an irrelevance or something that should be kept strictly in the private sphere um, mm. that it should be something that you do you know quietly at home and and, and don't don't talk about um, and that that claim from you know the person who symbolically is right at the center of our public life um, yeah. that that the life of faith in all its variety is a, a you know a central part of of his role and therefore a central part of of, of national life i think that's got real significance mm, definitely and would you say that it reinforces the idea that muslims are a part of british culture and values i i almost think if there's a a single message that that emphasis on on pluralism and on the inclusivity of faith is is making that surely must be must be it. Um, you know, the the if if we think about the points of religious difference and variety in 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 British society in in recent years, um, you know, there was a time when you know the the, the most obvious. Differences were between the the different Christian churches, or um, with the the emergence of, um, of 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 Jewish communities in large numbers in the in the late nineteenth early twentieth century. But I think clearly nowadays it's the 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 relatively recent you know sort of within the last generation or two prominence of of Islam within British society, which has has caught much more much more attention. And so for him to be saying. At this point, no. These, these, all of these faith communities are, you know, are a legitimate part, a necessary part of, yeah. of, 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 of British life. I think it's, it's that's a very deliberate gesture of, in, of inclusion, directed at everybody, but in particular, saying no, Islam is absolutely a part of the the scene of faith within within modern Britain. Um, it has has to be seen and, and not just accepted as such, but celebrated. Mm, definitely. And in your opinion, how do you view the fact that King Charles has a good understanding of Islam? Um, I'm I'm no specialist in in his the depth of his understanding of yeah. it. Um, yeah. But he's he's certainly got plenty of of experience. Um, of of you know, encounters with Islam both in in this country around the Commonwealth and 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 more more widely, um, yeah. And of, and of course the the Commonwealth dimension I think is 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 going to be 
uh, you know, as important to him, um, perhaps, well, maybe not quite as important, but, you know, as it was to his mother, but certainly very much at the center of his understanding of his role. Um, and, of course, there are, I, mean, I, I, I wouldn't care to, to guess, but I would imagine there um, you know, an enormous proportion of the world's Muslims um, must, must live in, in Commonwealth countries. Um, yeah. So in that sense, there's a there's there's a a, a link to um, to Islam in in many many countries across the world that's that's going to be really important to him. Mm, so I, I I think that that sense of of this being of uh, you know a particularly British role, but also something which he's 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 really well aware of of how it fits onto the world stage is going to be important too. Definitely, definitely. Thank you so much, uh, Professor. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, would love to have you again on another time. Please, for now, have a good morning and take care. Thank you. It's good to, good to be with you. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye for now. And that was uh, Professor of the History of Christianity at Durham University, Professor Alec uh, Ryrie. Um, let's go on to and listen to another interview that we had the opportunity to record with Christian van Gorda, who is an associate professor of world religions and Islamic studies at Baylor University. Um, he has published 12 books and 20 uh, peer-reviewed articles on interfaith dynamics across a wide spectrum of various traditions and contexts. His most recent book was on Buddhist-Christian relations. He is the proud father of 11 children, four of which um, are quadruplets born in 2018. So let's go and listen to what uh, Professor Christian van Gorda had to say on this topic. So joining me on the line today, we have Dr. Christian Van Gorda, who is an associate professor of world religions and Islamic studies at Baylor University. He has published 12 books and 20 peer-reviewed articles on interfaith dynamics across a wide spectrum of various traditions and contexts. His most recent book was on Buddhist-Christian relations. He is the proud father of 11 children, four of which are quadruplets born in 2018. assalamu peace be upon you, and welcome to the Voice of Islam, uh, Dr. Van Gorda. How are you today? Walaikum salam Thank you very much. It's an honor and a joy and a blessing and a privilege to be with you today. Thank you so much. Thank you for taking your valuable time in uh, spending uh, some time with us. So I will uh, fire straight away. Uh, the question I would like to commence with is... Um, is it surprising um, that King Charles, King Charles III, is well versed in uh, his knowledge of Islam? Well, I think uh, the the former Prince of Wales, the the King, is a, a very thoughtful man. I think he studied uh, Islam um, deeply throughout his uh, tenure and his previous role, and I think he um, recognizes and appreciates the significant and meaningful role that uh, Muslims are playing now in the UK, but also recognizes that uh, in the past, uh, some Muslims have felt like second-class citizens, and he feels that uh, obviously he's wanting, has been wanting to be part of pushing back against uh, uh, elements of Islamophobia there in the UK. So I don't think it's surprising, and I think uh, he's to be commended, as is anyone who has a focus and interest on broadening their horizons and gaining more a deeply, deeply, a deeply rooted mutual respect, not a superficial respect rooted in ignorance, but he's taken the time and he's really had some significant um, uh, and sophisticated musings on Islam uh, in his 
in the last decades. You know, he's connected to the Oxford Center for Islamic Studies. Uh, he gave a, a, an address there uh, mm. for, on Islam in the West, and he's he's got mm. uh, has a proven track record in this area. Excellent. And and would you think that the there is a need for state leaders uh, to be you know well versed in all religions? I mean, as a as a means of staying connected with the society and community at large. Oh, absolutely, and especially in light of, as I mentioned previously, the way our societies and communities are bonding now together across a multi-faith uh, experience. In the past, you would have had, you know, uh, faith communities almost a, in a complete majority in a nation, but now places like the UK and, and where I'm living in Canada, where I'm working in the United States, these countries are much more multivalent now. So there's a, a tremendous need for uh, leaders, political and otherwise, to be sensitized to what's appropriate and maybe even without intention, what can be disrespectful or, or cause harm. There's a wonderful West African proverb that says, my wife's from West Africa, so she shared it with me at one point. She said, perhaps you do not love me because you do not understand me, Perhaps you do not understand me because you do not love me. And I think if we make the effort to understand, we're showing our love and respect for others. Well, those are, those are very wise words. <laughs> um, so, Dr. Van Gordo, what do you think uh, is the main reason behind uh, sort of some of the conflicts and confusion people have about various religions? Well, I think that's, that's super uh, easy to answer, but super uh, difficult to work through. And that's uh, the simple uh, statement that all the prophets of all the faiths have told us, that ignorance is, uh, is a form of darkness. It's a, it's a covering over people's perspectives that, that blinds them and keeps them from seeing connectivity and the need for uh, interrelationships and mutual respect. So I think ignorance, uh, in a word, uh, then work, how that works out and how we express that uh, to each other uh, puts clearly the emphasis on the need to educate and and the need to to build bridges through our examples, not just through our words, but through you know the way we relate to people, what we teach, and how we teach our children. There's far too much divisiveness uh, that is encouraged or allowed, and those things all of us have to firmly oppose and stand against those uh, budding forms of of disrespect that are all rooted in ignorance, I would think. Mm. I, I, so how would you think, what methods can we use, and how can we encourage each other to learn about um, other people's faiths and beliefs? Well, if if you have any uh, subscription at all to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, I think, you know, uh, I think we have to be realistic that people really won't, you know, people are wrapped up in their own lives, and Unless you can help people see how it benefits them directly, how it helps them directly, you often won't see people making that initiative. They're they're working so hard, they're tired, you know, they don't have time to watch a BBC documentary or read a book, you know, about Iqbal or someone. So I think we have to help people recognize how important it is, how our societies are changing, and how uh, we are, uh, you know, there's a verse in the in the Hebrew Bible, the wisdom literature, a threefold cord is not quickly broken. That when we intertwine with each other, we're actually helping ourselves. We're creating uh, networks that not only sustain other people, but in so doing, 
we're helping ourselves. So helping people see how it's beneficial for them, how it directly affects them. And, and I, I think it's wonderful, you know, using a, a faith tradition outside of Islam and Christianity, the way the Sikhi uh, do an amazing job through Langar and through other resources to reach out into the community and show care. And when mm. masjids and churches are reaching out and showing their love, you know, yeah. the Langar is such a beautiful thing because it's given without any strings attached. And that's that really speaks to people. And I think those kind of that's a good model for all of us to think about how we can be civically engaged in ways that are both meaningful, but also not intrusive or make people feel threatened. They already feel threatened for whatever reason. So to diminish that uh, is important. Um, Dr. Van Gorda, it's been a pleasure talking to you today. Um, we're so grateful for you for your time uh, once again, and we hope that you know sometime in the future we can um, um, catch up again and um, we can um, uh, ask you some more questions. Well, I'm happy to help, and I especially appreciate what your colleague said that you'd be sending a three thousand pound note in the mail. The check, <laughs> I'm really appreciate that. Thank you so much. But all the best, and uh, thank you so much, and. Uh, I wish you nothing but the best. Hope uh, the rest of your week goes well. Thank you so much. And the same to you. And peace be upon you. And uh, have a great day. Thank you. Amen. Bye-bye now. to the Voice of Islam Radio. Welcome back to Thursday Morning Breakfast Show. This interesting conversation that we guys were having uh, in, uh, in in that uh, little break. Um, you were listening to Professor Christian Van Gorda, who is an Associate Professor of World Religions and Islamic Studies at Baylor University. It is 8.24. We're going to swiftly go on to our next uh, topic of the morning, which is the power of prayer. Um, what are a I don't think that more to- a topic can be more relevant today, hmm. where yeah, yeah. you know prayer um, is 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 what's missing, isn't it, gentlemen? You're, this is this is your bed and brother here, man. Come on, like we, we Imam uh, Imam Shahil and Imam Asin. <laughs> Let's hear it, man. Like you said before, uh, in regards of what's happening in in the government, we need God, we need Him, and one way to get him or to come closer to him is prayer and if you listen to all those stories we have seen recently I was reading a book of the Prophet Messiah he was saying that uh, he was uh, uh, mentioning the incident in the battle of Uhud um, how they the Muslims they become successful because of the prayers they were 
less than number, but there was someone who helped them. And prayer is, you know, basically prayer is something we go, we talk to God, and we He is lis- ready to listen to us. And every secret we have, every pain we have, every weakness we have, we can go and tell Him that this is what we need. And He's ready to give. If we know the true spirit of prayer, and if we know how to pray correctly, we can be one of the most biggest and successful people in this world because we have a power which is unstoppable, which can't be stopped, a power which is helping us to go through every difficulties. Um, the second caliph, he has said a lot of people, and this is very important now, he said once during a speech in the annual convention, he said a lot of people are writing letters to me, they ask for prayer, to pray for them that Allah should grant them children's works, wife, etc. And um, then he said there are very less people which basically ask me to pray for them, they come close to God. And listen, you know, best way to come close to God is prayer. You know, f- um, prayer for me is everything. Without praying, I would be lost. And uh, we should occupy our tongue every time in the remembrance of Allah. That's the best way to go successful through this life. Um, just to give you a gist of why we are talking about the power of prayer, it's because Pope Francis, um, uh, Pope Francis has regularly been using his weekly audience to teach us about, to teach um, uh, to, and to talk about praying. Um, he has offered uh, 30 um, uh, fresh and inspiring reflections and he's talking about how um, prayer is uh, it opens your eyes and and um, and uh, it gives you um, um, you know um, the, the and he's talking about the power of prayer from a Christian perspective and <clears throat> we kind of wanted to highlight the power of prayer from an Islamic perspective but not to forget that you know that there are a lot of similarities um, um, between um, um, prayer in Islam and Catholicism. So, brother um, um, Asim, um, yeah. if if I may ask you, what 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 are the, the similarities uh, between um, the, the the prayers and and kind of also let us know the the you know what prayer is about in Islam? Absolutely. Um, so there are quite a few similarities, like the Roman Catholic Church worships. You know prays to and gives a title of God uh, to Mary. Islam highly esteems Mary and she's mentioned 34 times in the Quran. But we don't look upon them as God. Yes, we don't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Muslims and Catholics are monotheists or people who share believe in the notion of one God. Uh, prayer is an important daily feature in the lives of practicing Muslims and Catholics. Uh, bro- both groups are called on to pray as an act of obedience to God. Uh, Salah, the, the Islamic prayer, is one of the five pillars of is- Islam, which calls on Muslims to pray five times each day. Uh, Catholics, on the other hand, participate in the Eucharist, if I Eucharist. Eucharist, or the Holy Communion of the Lord's uh, Supper. This prayer is in remembrance to uh, Jesus offering his body and blood for the sins of mankind, uh, you know, so the mass of Eucharist mirrors the five uh, daily prayers of Islam. Uh, during Mass, Catholics are asked to offer each of the signs of peace and by ex- uh, extending their hands and warmly greetings, uh, you know, their neighbors. These peaceful greetings is similar to the 
Muslims greeting of assalamu alaikum which means uh, peace be with you in Arabic which can also be offered with a handshake so th- there's some <coughs> in Islam a prayer it, it th- the purpose of prayer within Islam is it that it, it helps us to get rid of sins it inclines us more and more towards God Almighty and and goodly things uh, and so gradually it purifies us this is not um, the, the the end of it prayer does a lot more than that it brings man closer to his creator um, it <clears throat> the, the worshiper the the purpose is for the worshiper to try and imitate God in his most excellent attributes and 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 constantly transform themselves from a lowly and a worldly person to a highly noble and sublime servant of God because again how many times we've sat here and we've talked about how worldliness and materialism has become um, the, the the new god of today which is shirk which is associating partners with god if one was to be you know be, be straightforward and 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 truthful about how people have kind of uh, diverted from um from believing in their own creator uh, and uh, and they've gone uh, towards man-made things um and and in order to and then they only remember God. You know, it it becomes a joke even from from young to old. What do people say? OMG. What what's OMG? OMG is oh my God. And people say that only once they don't know when they cannot find any solution, <laughs> and when they're in the most desperate of situations, they have no option but to turn to God. And you know, even if and the beauty of God's um, the the beauty of God Almighty is that even when you have not been appreciative of what you have been given in life, even when you are in the most desperate situation and you are turning to someone who you truly maybe don't even believe in, but you're just looking for assistance, the beauty of God Almighty is he will still come and help you. He will still come and give you fulfillment. He will still come and give you that comfort. And what man needs to remember is that if in the worst of your worst situation you have turned to someone that you still have an element of doubt with and you still come and help you then when you do have things to celebrate in life and to be happy in life about and to be grateful to someone you forget who that who who that being was when you were in need and prayer in islam prayer the salat is that one way or the only way I should really say that you are able to communicate with God Almighty directly in the the beauty of Islam is 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 when brother Asim said earlier Islam is there to make your life easy you do not have to communicate with God now people might wonder well I can't study Arabic God says talk to me in the in in the language which is the most easiest to you mm-hmm. so you communicate with god in what works for you gentlemen please is kind of elaborate on that on on how easy god has made communication with him in islam as i said you know occupy your tongue is what god has said in the remembrance of him remember him and he will come close to you. He said that whoever remembers him, he will remember him as back as well. And whoever comes his friend, he will be his friend as well. Um, now, if you have a friend like God, imagine he was the most powerful being. He has so many attributes. He's saying that if I'm your friend, all my attributes will work for you, will come to your service. So this is 
the beauty of Islam, just the beauty of the Islamic God, that He is ready to help His man, His creation. And when we talk about righteousness, the word taqwa, which means righteousness, which means fear Allah, the only fear we have is not that we basically we fear that Allah we we lose the love of Allah or we lose uh, we lose uh, lo- lose the connection we have, and um, Islam is teaching us that uh, the first thing to first. To reason God has created us. I mean, this is important. The reason God has created us to please Him. If we please Him, He will be happy with us, and He will do everything we are asking for. Obviously, um, just as I said, He's like a friend. He's like someone who's so close to someone, and and ready to give Him everything He need. He is like now. You know, as I said before, I went to Africa. I've seen these people. You know, they are so much involved in religious matters. They have so many less things to live with but they are happy because they have got they have no tension you know they don't take any sleeping pills like here in Europe they just pray to God and this is Allah, Allah said that with the remembrance of Allah you will find comfort in your heart and this is what we nowadays people have stress anxiety so many things trouble and I said they take sleeping pills here in, the, here in Europe in the Western society where people have two cars two houses money but in Africa you won't see these things and they don't take sleeping pills they're still happy because they have got and this is what we need. Try, try this. You will see how happy, how easy life will become for you. You will see that Allah will provide. As soon as you start praying to Him, He will already provide these things to you. Absolutely. I can even say it on one occasion, uh, some person came up to me and he said, you know, I've got everything. I've got my own business. Um, I earn enough money. But I don't feel at rest. And the first thing I said, um, do you pray? And then he was quiet, you know. He said, yeah, I think that's the only solution now. I've got every single thing. But you see, when you said it's the only solution now, meaning I've I've got everything yet. There's still no peace. And and what, what is missing? And when people, and, and the problem, and again, I, I find it sometimes, it's I find it, it's difficult to understand when, when you say to someone, well, what's lacking is that you're not praying. Instead of, and again, instead of sometimes when people say, people think you're mad in this day and age, that you still believe in God. Hmm. You still believe that there is someone out there who's going to be assisting you. And that's the hurdle that people need to, that's the hurdle that, that people need to cross. And that's where people need to realize Islam is a way of life. Mm. Islam is there to make your life easy. <clears throat> Islam is there to to give you that support. And and Islam devises and teaches people mechanisms. And you'd be surprised again. A lot of people have this thing about in their mind, oh you pray five times a day. Well, hold on. You you five times a day? What? Half hour, forty minutes a day? Max, max. Split yeah. over a period of five times between sunrise and sunset, mm-hmm. or even sunrise or, or, or nightfall. 18 hours, and you can't even spend 40 and minutes. And you can't spend 40 minutes. You spend more time going to the washroom for crying out loud. <laughs> well, no, but it's true. Mm. It's yeah, true. true. This is this is the thing. You know, the, and, and as much as, you know, a lot of people, and again, we as Muslims or the so-called Muslims out there, mm. They also have a. They, they have to. T- t- they have to take the brunt of responsibility of sometimes because the way they portray Islam as this strict religion, where you have to spend 
um, hours on end in, in, you know, prostrating to God Almighty, bowing down to God Almighty. No. Islam, it says, look, everything within moderation. Take take your time. The promised Messiah on whom be peace said, pray to God Almighty and do everything. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yes? Hmm. No, he said that, like, you because he said be a part of the world as well exactly as a, for the spiritual world as well yes but then you see that is that's the beauty of islam that your worldliness will be more worldly exactly if you seek what you do in the world the guidance from the holy quran because god will give you in this world as long as from that world that you gain you give back absolutely we can see from the times of the holy prophet peace and blessing of allah be upon him when people there were a few people who just started praying and you know yeah. not going to the worldly stuff not going to the family that's and it. the holy prophet said no you got to pray right. but also go to your family work and do everything be make your life as normal as it is to be in the world but Allow your life to be guided by religion. Islam has told one thing, it was very clear. Islam has said, you should have fun in your life as well. Exactly. And this is what the Prophet, the Holy Prophet used to have as well. Yes. He will like, have, I mean, people would say that he was the person who would smile the most. Yeah. And he had, he would tell people to go and have gathering together to see each other. It's not like he locked himself up and he would pray all the day. No, he would come, he would meet everyone, he would make, I mean, he would, uh, he would, bring smiles to in the faces of other people and islam is islam is a religion who gives you guidelines to everything to everything problem he gives you guidelines as well and um only thing what islam has said everything you do even if you're smiling if you even are joking around with your wife god has said do it for me hmm. do it and, and that's the key isn't it that's the key if you please god if you have pleased him if you have pleased your best friend obviously he will do the same with you as well he won't forget you We had the opportunity. Sorry, brother. Yeah, just just uh, elaborating a bit more. Even in some instances, the Holy Prophet, uh, peace and blessing of Allah be upon him, you can see that um, he would uh, play with his wife, hmm. uh, go and have a race with her. Yeah. So uh, you know, we got to do everything. We had the opportunity to interview um, uh, Imam um, Rabi Mirza, um, who is a um, Imam and a missionary. Uh, for the Amli Muslim community, community in London. <coughs> Let's go and listen to what uh, Imam Rabi Mirza uh, said on what prayer is and uh, um, and the benefits um, of, of prayer. Mr. Rabi Mirza is an Imam of the Amli Muslim community. He has served in Ireland for five and a half years, in Feltham for one and a half years, and currently serving in MTA, Muslim Television Ahmadiyya. It's a pleasure to have him with us. Uh, Imam Rabi, uh, thank you for coming on to speak to us. We're looking at the issue of prayer and wanted to explore this further with you. Tell me, how would you define prayer? And are there more than one or two forms that prayer or praying takes place? So, first and foremost, um, we have to understand, uh, you know, what is what is prayer. And we know that worship is something which is common um, in all religions. And the only difference there may be in the forms of worship is in the manner and style with which various different religions um, exhibit um, you know their different forms of worship but with regards to the Islamic 
um, form of prayer. What is actually so beautiful and unique about this is that the other religions um, where you know, one religion might have um, prostrating, one religion might have standing, one religion might have kneeling before God or folding the arms or the arms hanging at the sides. Um, Islam actually has so comprehensively um, gathered all those forms of worship and it's very symbolic in that sense that the Muslim prayer, it represents um, all these different forms of prayer. So this, in one sense, is a way that Islam actually uh, showcases and displays that it is a universal religion. So the actual, uh, if you want to put it, the institution of uh, of prayer or the Islamic prayer, the angle that we're coming from, it's very, you know, highly developed, and it covers all the human requirements. Um, if we were to just take, for example, um, the chapter, the first chapter of the Holy Quran, uh, Surah Fatiha, which is recited um, within the five daily prayers, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, has explained to us that half of uh, you know, Surah Fatiha um, is dedicated to God and the other half is dedicated to mankind. So in this manner, this actually shows uh, how comprehensive uh, the Islamic form of prayer is. And then there's you know, the various different postures and there's the various different articles and the various different prayers within the Islamic prayer. And all of these things cover um, you know, worshipping God Almighty, praising God Almighty, a person actually exhibiting his own different weaknesses, admitting to his own weaknesses, asking God Almighty, beseeching God Almighty for his help, beseeching God Almighty um, to guide him to the right path and keep him upon the right track. So this is the beauty about um, the Islamic form of prayer. But as I've mentioned, that there are other forms of praying as well in, in, in different religions. Mm -hmm. Okay, then thank you very much for that. Um, when you talk about um, animals um, and compare them with humans, um, I mean, we all uh, suffer hunger, we all prone to reproduction, uh, wanting to survive, but there's no other creature apart from human beings that has a capacity to communicate with the Creator and to pray. What do you think that that tells us? Well, this is, um, again, something that Islam has uh, shed light upon, where God Almighty has fundamentally and categorically stated within the Holy Quran that humankind is the best of all creatures. And God Almighty has mentioned that the sole purpose why he has created humankind is to worship him. So apart from the other um, you know, creatures, um, uh, you know, the various different plants and uh, the various different other uh, creation creations of God Almighty, we see that mankind has been endowed with this facility to communicate with uh, God Almighty. As the promised Messiah, peace be upon him, has also further explained to us that communion with God Almighty 
is something that is uh, achieved when a person um, attains piety, attains righteousness, and at the end of the day, it's something that can only come about through the grace of God. So the fact that mankind can actually establish a relationship with the Creator um, and through his own free will, he is given that opportunity to pray to God Almighty, which facilitates him in communicating with the Creator and establishing a bond with his Creator. This shows um, the great faculties that God Almighty has endowed man with. Of course, the various different creations of God Almighty, whether they're animals, whether it's you know plants or what other you know microorganisms, um, of course they they praise God Almighty in their own fashion, in their own way. But again, they've not been given um, that faculty of uh, freedom of conscience. So through this freedom of conscience, God Almighty has uh, enabled man to decide. Um, you know, between good and bad, and also uh, with prayer, God Almighty has granted mankind that facility um, which actually helps him to establish that communication with God Almighty. So the Promised Messiah has actually so beautifully mentioned in one place that a lot of the times what happens is that because people are so engrossed uh, in the world, they become negligent of prayer. And the Promised Messiah has mentioned this very thing, that what is the difference between them and the various different other creatures? But the fact that prayer has been given to man, this is something that grants him a unique status amongst the creation, and therefore mankind should always resort to to this to ensure that uh, he's able to exhibit his faculties in the best manner, and also that he's able to establish a communication with God Almighty, because once mankind or humankind has established that communication, it's only then that they will be able to always differentiate between what is right and wrong, and this will fundamentally help them maneuver within their life, whether it's you know their domestic part of life, whether it's their work, um, you know, the the work style that they're in, um, whether it's even something that uh, helps them establish, uh, you know, peace on, on a societal level or uh, a national level or international level, all of these things then play a vital part um, in the life of humankind. So that's why this actually tells us that mankind has been endowed with things that will allow him to achieve great great things. Therefore, it's very essential that mankind also holds onto the rope of prayer <clears throat> so that that difference remains um, there. Imam, but, um, when we talk about praying, um, do you think that people can actually be put off or discouraged from praying? Of course, it's, you know, it's, a, it's a natural phenomenon that sometimes when a person um, you know, strives for something and, and doesn't receive it, um, sometimes that person may become despondent or disheartened. And it is the same case for prayer sometimes, that when a person prays um, for a particular thing 
and that prayer is not answered in the manner which he desires, sometimes a person becomes put off or discouraged from praying. But what they should always remember, and again, this is something that the promised Messiah, peace be upon him, has told us, that every prayer is accepted, but it's not necessarily accepted in the way that a person desires. Maybe it could happen that a person may want something, but God Almighty is the knower of the unseen. So he knows whether that particular thing is good or bad for that person. So God Almighty answers the prayer in this manner, that he keeps that person away from that particular thing. And the promised Messiah has given the example that, uh, you know, like a child, if let's say he wants uh, a dangerous tool um, or a dangerous object, let's, for example, say a knife, the parents will never give it, even though he may be, you know, tagging on their clothes and, and screaming and shouting and having tantrums that I want this sharp object. But of course, the parents will never give that object to him. So it, in the same way, God Almighty, you know, safeguards man that when he's offering a prayer for a certain thing and that thing may not be good for him and he desires that, you know, that he wants this particular thing, but God Almighty knows that it's not good for him. So God Almighty removes that, that thing for him and God Almighty blesses him with something even better. It may happen that he may not see the results of that prayer um, in hindsight, but you know, later on down the line, um, he will see that you know, what the thing that he desired, which was actually bad for him, and God Almighty removed it from him. It was, you know, the best thing that could have happened to him. So, of course, a person may become put off or discouraged from praying due to this particular thing, but one should never become despondent or disheartened and should go on um, praying. And the Promised Messiah has even mentioned that uh, in his book, Blessings of Prayer, that, uh, you know, people say that what are the blessings of prayer because they don't see any outcome of their prayer. And there's various different conditions for a prayer to be answered as well. So the Promised Messiah has mentioned that why is it that we administer medicine to a sick person? If it's in the mm, fate or it's uh, the fate of a sick person to eventually die or for him to just become ill or, you know, keep on, you know, his ailment or illness keeps on growing, why do we administer medicine for him? So this is the same way for prayer as well, that in certain things where we have problems or hardships, or even at times of ease, prayer are, is that thing that can help us get through these various different trials and tribulations within our lives. And through these prayers, it actually um, you know, calls upon the blessings of God Almighty. Hmm. Now, what would you say to um, cynics, critics, who would uh, say that um, prayer is just a means of gaining self-satisfaction, mental well-being? It doesn't really change anything. What is going to happen is going to happen. Or how can you disprove that kind of stand when it's taken against prayer? Well, 
we have so many different examples of how um, you know prayers have fundamentally been answered, and mm-hmm. um, you know for our respected listeners, I would suggest that um, uh, just a few months ago we held um, a the God Summit, um, which was done by the Review of Religions, which is the oldest periodical of uh, the Amdiya Muslim community. Um, and this is the second God Summit that they held. And within that, um, you know, there were various different ways that um, they showcased through different examples about how people pray to God Almighty and God Almighty blessed them. And also, uh, towards the end of the, this God Summit, uh, for this particular year, uh, the worldwide head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, His Holiness Hazrat Mirza Masroor Ahmed, uh, delivered uh, an address wherein he mm. also related um, accounts of how prayers had been answered. Um, for example, I'll just give one uh, simple example, but one example has actually come to my mind from a previous address of His Holiness. Um, I believe this uh, example was quoted uh, by His Holiness in 2013 at the annual convention in Germany. So His Holiness mentioned that there was uh, a woman who was suffering from um, the uh, uterine uh, cancer. Um, And uh, the doctors had given up all hope and, you know, they they said that she should say her final goodbyes to everyone. Um, But she believed in the power of prayer and she prayed very fervently to God Almighty. And during that period, God Almighty showed her a dream that if she were to use this uh, particular herb, uh, she would be cured from her uterine cancer. And she used it, and she was fully mm-hmm. cured. And the doctors were absolutely amazed that how was it possible that she was literally, as they say, on the brink of death. Yet mm-hmm. this herb fully cured her. And now that herb that she used, it's also being used to cure other um, patients of uh, the same cancer. So mm. it just goes to show you that if you have trust in, in God Almighty, which is you know, a very fundamental condition of the power of prayer as well, that you must trust that God Almighty has the power uh, to cure a person or to alleviate his hardships and, and, and grievances and, and problems. And God Almighty definitely will show um, his power of prayer. So these are the examples of how um, prayers have been answered. Um, but as I mentioned that, you know, it's, it's also the recording of um, the address of his holiness from the God Summit is uh, available on uh, YouTube. And it's also been transcribed in um, one of the past editions of Review of Religions. I believe it was the previous month uh, that transcription of uh, the addresses come there. So, you know, the listeners can go and read that and see um, the power of prayer about how, you know, in hindsight, uh, many people thought that either they were going to die, um, you know, their grievances were not going to be uh, alleviated, they saw no hope. Yet, when they prayed to God Almighty, when they asked um, the head of the worldwide the worldwide head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, to pray for them, they saw the miracle of prayer. And, of course, this is something that's 
not limited to a certain country or to a certain nation or to a certain people, but all around the world, um, so many people have narrated their experiences of how they pray to God Almighty and God Almighty's answer their prayers. Well, it's a fascinating subject. Very interesting. Thank you very much for coming on and talking to us. Wish you all the best in the future. Thank you very much. And there we had Brother Valid um, interviewing Imam Rabi Mirza on the power of prayer. We are coming up to the end of the show. Um, two and a half minutes, gentlemen. Um, what's your what's your, your final messages, Brother Shahil? Final messages, uh, dear listeners. It is no harm to call God, even if you don't believe it. Just do, just try it. It's no harm, and see what the outcome will be. Uh, the best thing, best weapon we have is prayer. It is not harming anyone. It is just beneficial for everyone. So do try it, and you see the future will change. Brother Hashim. Yes, absolutely. I mean, my message is just once you start praying and keep praying and you know that God has answered your prayers, you won't go back. You know, the importance of prayer in Islam comparatively to other religions, I don't know about other religions, but this is something I heard, and I'm sure you gentlemen will correct me, that on the Day of Judgment, the first question God will ask you is... About prayer. That's the first question before you are judged, irrespective of how good you have been or how bad you have been. The first question will be, how did you communicate with me? It's about the five daily prayers he will ask you about. That's right. And you could be forgiven because just because of that, even if you've done something bad in your life. Thank you, Asim. And that's the point. That's the power of prayer. That's the importance that I'm talking about, that God will say, how many how how did you communicate with me did you communicate with me in the way that i wanted you to do and this is before he will judge you in accordance with what rules you lived your life and prayer is your route to forgiveness from god almighty that is all that one can truly say thank you to all of our guests thank you to brother asim thank you to brother hashmi thank you to our yes, no, brother hashmi uh, brother uh, Shahil, thank asim you. Ashmi, sorry <laughs> Brother Shah, oh sorry. <laughs> there we go. It is it is a Thursday morning. I am an old man. Come on, you know you gotta you gotta have some. Uh, thank you to all of our producers. Thank you to Brother uh, Akib in Tech uh, Tech, uh, uh, who always who's without whose support we can never ever deliver these shows. Um, please uh, join uh, Breakfast Show tomorrow with Brother Valid and Brother Tokir. Imam Tokir will join you in the morning with new topics. Um, please forgive any shortcomings on our part. Please do remember us in your prayers. Have a fantastic day ahead. Until we meet again, may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all.